with all that going on, uh, it was all empty. And one night I was drinking and I said, God, if you're real, then please kill me. I didn't ask for a new life or anything. I just said, you know what? I don't want to live. I just, all of this doesn't make sense. Just please finish it off. So wasn't asking for Jesus or a lot of things. But that next morning, you know, I'd taken some pills, drank a bottle of whiskey, and somehow I woke up maybe four hours later and I was like a brand new person. No hangover, no like rough feeling, no anything. I just felt like clean. Welcome to Along the Way. I'm John Matarazzo, your host and fellow traveler. Thank you for joining me along my way as I try to become more like Jesus every day. Joshua Marsingill has overcome a past filled with constant depression and suicidal thoughts. Now he encounters God every day and wants to activate you to encounter God as well. I had the privilege of having him on my real-life TV program, and the link to see that interview as well as all of his other information will be available in the show notes. He desires that all believers learn how to live a life full of encounters with our living God. I'll get to our conversation in just a moment, but I want to thank you for listening to Along the Way. I hope that you like what you hear and that you subscribe. You can connect with me online as well. All of my socials and contact links are in the show notes. And you can check out all of my episodes at my website, alongtheway.media, or just search for past episodes in your favorite podcast app. I would love to hear from you and where you're listening from. And now, here's my Along the Way conversation with Josh Marsengill. Josh Marsengill, thank you so much for allowing me to talk with you about your Along the Way journey with the Lord. You're going to be a guest on the Real Life program pretty soon, and by the time that this episode is actually airing as a podcast, I will be able to have a link to that episode of Real Life in the show notes, so you can check that out right now. But Josh has written an awesome book called Encounters. It's about his encounters with the Lord, and we want to talk about those in this conversation. So, Josh, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about your journey with the Lord. Uh, Welcome to Along the Way. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here. Yeah. So, Josh, tell me about your journey with the Lord. You've experienced some things that uh, makes me jealous, uh, just hearing (laughs) you talking about those uh, from some other interviews and some things that I've read. I want to hear all about some of those encounters that you've had, but I really need to hear the Mm -hmm. background story of how you first encountered the Lord. Yeah. So, I grew up actually a Southern Baptist. My mom was a Southern Baptist. Uh, took us to church until around age nine. I think she could tell that I wasn't enjoying myself. My experience was kind of interesting. I don't know why. I don't think this was the message that they were actually preaching, but the only thing I was hearing was basically the message like you're going to hell and there's nothing you can do about it. Your sin, you know, is overwhelming and, uh, you know, kind of like a little good luck at the end (laughs) or something. Mm -hmm. That was the way I heard whatever it was that they were saying. And so I think my mom picked up on that. She, She asked me when I was about nine years old if I wanted to continue to go. And um, I was like, no way, I'd rather do anything than go to church. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the end of my church experience as far as growing up. And a little while after that, I actually lost my dad to suicide. Um, Later on, my brother committed suicide. Really dark days uh, throughout that time. Uh, We were always very much on the poor side for Americans. My mom was making something like $1,000 a month, grew up in Myrtle Beach, 
South Carolina, you know, higher cost of living there even, you know, yeah. so it was just like, how do you, how did she do it? I have no idea, <laughs> but she was an amazing woman and, um, light of my life in a lot of ways, but mostly my life was filled with darkness. It's almost like there was like a, a like a spirit. I don't want to over-spiritualize it, yeah, but there yeah. was like some kind of time of suicide all around. I had friends that committed suicide. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, my brother and I both, we lost count. I remember like thinking like, wow, you know, what is happening with people around us? But we were both uh, dealing with depression. I started having suicidal thoughts when I was nine years old. I always assumed they were me. I always mm. thought they were my, my thoughts. They sounded like my voice, all that kind of stuff. The Lord later showed me and it kind of equipped me that maybe mm. all the thoughts in my head aren't me, which is, I guess, a profound theological statement, mm. but it became a real truth for me nevertheless. So I, I went through it all. Honestly, I was a drug dealer at one point, not proud of that uh-huh. at all. Um, I was addicted to drugs, addicted to terrible decisions, really. And mm. I think at one point I was working in a grocery store and a friendly manager that knew me asked me, hey, why don't you go to college? And I thought, why would he even believe that about me? <laughs> you know, mm. It so inspired me. I, I, almost like I was desperate to hear somebody even slightly believe in me because he did. I, I, you know, even though I dropped out of high school and things like that, I I decided I was going to go get my GED and go to college. And that's exactly what I did. It was not easy, (laughs) but I, I changed my life. And then really my last effort, um, because I, just didn't think that God was on my side. I didn't believe that he was a good father. None of these wonderful things that we hear these days. Mm-hmm. I just didn't believe any of that about him. So my last effort was really just to be a good person. Mm. And I went after that with everything I, I had. I, I, I thought if I could get a, a good education and begin to influence businesses, I knew they could um, shape the world. And I thought maybe I could even attack poverty and had a bunch of wonderful thoughts, you know. Yeah, yeah. All that that road, long story short, led me to a place that was still empty and mm. very and still desperate. And I was still looking. I had a big God-shaped hole, and I was trying to fill it with uh, alcohol and drugs and other things. You know, that just nothing ever worked. And yeah. So yeah, that that kind of led me up to just a really hard moment where I was considering suicide and drinking um, one night. I had the job of my dreams. I'm in an apartment in downtown San Diego. I'm, I, you know, as far as the dreams that I had had in my heart, I had achieved them all. So right, right, right. it was basically, I was on a track to changing the world. I was working for one of the a leadership organization that was uh, really changing the world, mm-hmm. you know, through leaderships. And um, with all that going on, uh, it was all empty. And one night I was drinking and I said, God, if you're real, then please kill me. I didn't ask for a new life or anything. I just said, you know what? I don't want to live. I just, all of this doesn't make sense. Just please finish it off. So wasn't asking for Jesus or a lot of things. But that next morning, you know, I'd taken some pills, drank a bottle of whiskey, and somehow I woke up maybe four hours later and I was like a brand new person, no hangover, no like rough feeling, um, no anything. I just felt like clean. And so I'm not sure that the Lord didn't kill me, honestly, because <laughs> I felt like a brand new person. Wow. Yeah. And then uh, basically that was one of my first really wild encounters that God gave me. I didn't have a box for it, didn't have a place to put it, but it was an open vision. 
I saw a lot of demons and stuff and eventually met the Lord. And he looked at me with the kindest eyes I've ever seen. And I knew I was like, wow, I thought you were a religion. I had no idea that you were a person that you cared about me. And it changed the way I saw Jesus. And that led me to the church. So how old were you at that point? I was 27 years old. So I've been a Christian for like 13 years now. So up until you were 27, you mm-hmm. vaguely knew about the Lord, but did not want anything to do with him as a kid right. because of your experience in religion. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you, by your own will, I guess, temporarily overcame the spirit of suicide right. by just pushing yourself and pushing yourself. And you'd reached every goal that you would set yourself out for, and you were mm-hmm. still wanting to end your life. Oh, yeah. And I've heard so many times that people say, yeah, it's lonely at the top. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's there's nowhere else to go except back down. Right. Whenever, whenever God takes you to the top, that's a little bit different. So thank God that you're on a different ladder now. Not the, <laughs> not the corporate ladder or the ladder to success, but you're yeah. on maybe Jacob's ladder, you know, that, that we, right. <laughs> we talk about, you know, the angels coming up and down into heaven. Yeah. So God gave you a new outlook on your life. Have you had any suicidal thoughts since then? So, really neat story. Uh, I think that now. But what God did was just interesting. He he gave me a month off from suicidal thoughts. Now, suicidal thoughts were like graphic. Mm-hmm. You know, they're basically, can I throw myself out of this car? Um, I remember uh, at one point just trying to harm myself and uh, all that kind of stuff. I was constantly thinking about like gruesome realities that oh, wow. you know, I won't give too much detail on, but like that was my everyday wake up and go about my day kind of experience and just trying to basically distract myself from those mm. thoughts. So anyway, I'm 27 years old, actually had been baptized and uh, those things that came a little while after that open vision. And I'm still kind of dealing with these suicidal thoughts. I didn't have anxiety anymore. God did heal me mm. during that vision. And that morning, I did feel like a new person, but those thoughts were still there. So the Lord gave me a month off from suicidal thoughts. It was it was the weirdest thing. But the reason I knew it was a month is because, you know, I had a really bad episode uh, one day and, and uh, just totally discouraged, overwhelmed by it, went through a whole month. And then the first day of the next month, I had another really bad episode. And I'm like, I thought I was free. I was like a little upset. Sure, sure. I spoke to the Lord and I said, you know, why would you let them back in? And, and whenever I said the word them, it just stood out. It was like on fire almost, you know, just like that word stuck out to me. And eventually he led me to uh, Hebrews chapter one. You know, it was the Lord's voice counseling me through that, the Holy Spirit explaining those scriptures to me. Like, um, so it basically says that all angels are uh, ministering spirits. And he says, well, don't you think that maybe that's fallen angels as well? Hmm. And I realized that that was my experience. My experience was that I was constantly being persuaded to end my life by these voices. So that that counsel coming from demonic fallen angels, right. you know, basically I put it together that these, all these voices, even though they weren't, they sounded like me, they knew about me, they, they had details about my life. There was nothing obvious about this, but God just brought me to an understanding that maybe they weren't me. And so mm. what that did was it equipped me. And so I'd gotten upset with him, but I didn't understand that he was like taking me to a place where I could actually defeat 
thoughts that had come into my head. So really that just empowered me to start thinking from an outsider perspective on Mm -hmm. the mindsets that I was carrying. I mean, suicide is absolutely ridiculous. There's no truth in it. Like you are valuable. We're all powerful people. Like God has put his spirit in us and has a plan and design for our lives. There's so many wonderful truths around this. Uh, your purpose, your destiny. Um, I love how this show talks about purpose a lot. Yeah. You know, all those things are wildly true and we're, we're just grasping onto them sometimes. But these other thoughts are just nonsense. They're so silly when, when it comes down to it that I should take my life, that I'm not valuable, that, you know, it's just, all that is so untrue. So that's what I came to. Yeah. Now you mentioned in your description of this, that you would have episodes of suicidal thoughts. How is that different than just having a suicidal thought? I can tell you that I've had thoughts of, I wonder what it would be like to jump over this banister or, you know, or do something stupid. Those are fleeting (laughs) thoughts. You're not considering that an episode though, right? Um, No, those are just single thoughts. I think an episode is, is like when you're getting hit on all sides by those thoughts and the consuming like idea of what it will be like to be dead and those kind Mm -hmm. of things. I mean, like in those episodes, it's really hard to consider other truths and you know that's why i was constantly looking for distractions like yeah. trying to put myself in situations where even if i was having an episode um i would at least have something else to try to grab onto and hold on to because it feels like you're just out there on your own all alone isolated and yeah. the reality is the devil would love for us to look exactly like him he's the one that's depressed he's the one that's isolated yes. he's the yes. one that doesn't have a hope or a future um, none of that is true about us it's true about him him. And that's why he's just trying to get us on his side. He's trying to, to get us to see life and our world through his eyes. And that's the way it's been from, since he was a snake in the garden, you know. Yeah. The Bible says in John 10, 10, that the thief comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. So that's his plan. That's his whole game plan. And that hasn't changed. And thank God for the second part of that verse where Jesus says Mm -hmm. that I have come that they might have life and life abundantly. And I am grateful that you're still here. And Thanks, that uh, you uh, you haven't followed through with the next step of those episodes. Right. So when's the last time that you've had a suicidal episode? Uh, it's been, uh, you know, 12 years or so. Yeah. And I mean, they come back here and not episodes, but thoughts here and right, there. Right. In general, at this point, they've been so exposed that I do. And, you know, this is a little bit of a practice because I do consider them and I, and I take them out. And I'm like, hey, I don't like that thought. And I think the Bible talks about that when it says taking your thoughts captive to Jesus Christ. Yeah, It's not a very religious process. It's just like this thought doesn't look like, doesn't sound like the life that God has promised me. And just pushing into it in a very authentic way, like deciding and even replacing it, deciding I need, I need to think differently about this whole situation here. I mean, you know, that. When you get into depression and all these kinds of stuff, uh, doctors, et cetera, they're talking about chemicals and mm-hmm. um, a lack or an abundance of dopamine or um, right. you know, all these other things. And um, the thing is, it's like there may be a physical reality that, that we're fighting with. Honestly, that's what I found with anxiety. Anxiety was a constant before I got saved. And then mm. that morning I woke up without it. So the contrast between before and after was extremely obvious. I think God loves contrast. So the same thing is happening with these little moments. Like maybe I've got a little a deficit of uh, dopamine or, or whatever it is. You know, maybe I've got a little deficit in there of some chemical but I begin to have another thought. Then there's a physical reality that's being like transformed in there. 
these are miracles. They're like little healing moments. And if you think about it, they're very physical. So it's interesting, you know, like, wow, I'm watching God do a miracle in me right now just by deciding that I'm not going to continue having this thought. Wow. I really like how you just said that. You're mm-hmm. watching a miracle happen inside of you by right. choosing to not dwell on these thoughts. Right. And I think sometimes we just think about those decisions as that's just something I'd need to have my willpower do. Mm-hmm. But you're partnering with God in allowing those miracles to happen. Yeah. You know, I, I think about the miracle of the loaves and fishes. There had yeah. to be a willingness to turn over the loaves and fishes so that God can do something great with it. So there's a that's willingness good. to turn over your thoughts to the Lord, yeah. to let him multiply the good thoughts to overcome the bad thoughts because there is a physical side of depression. I don't ever want people to think that I believe that it's just physical or just spiritual. It is both and they work in conjunction for good and for bad. I just want to make sure if you're listening to this, definitely talk to a doctor, do the steps that you need to do that way. I don't want anybody to think that you should handle it just by prayer or just by doctor. Do both and definitely have people in your life that will walk this journey with you. I just wanted to make sure that we said that, but I love that you're talking about this, the miracle of the thoughts, Mm -hmm. which I've never thought about it that way. Thank you for, thank you for bringing that to our minds. Oh, it's so good. So Josh, what is the first time that you remember hearing God speak to you? (laughs) There's a funny story that came to my mind, um, which was basically when I was a kid, I remember my mom telling me something. um, I must've been like six years old or something. But uh, I remember my mom talking to me and saying, Josh, you need to make sure you pray for each individual person. <laughs> and, so, and as a kid, even, I felt overwhelmed with that thought. Oh my like, gosh, oh, yeah. I have to name each and every person and bless them. And, Talk about anxiety uh, right there. That's, <laughs> that's the start uh, of it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, so I was thinking about that. And I remember this little interchange. And I didn't know it was the Holy Spirit. But I, I become more aware of these things from this angle looking back, you know. But um I realized that God's always been involved in my life. He's always had something mm-hmm. to do with everything. But in this, I remember him telling me, why don't you just say everybody? <laughs> and, <sighs> and I remember like how this was just such a freeing moment. I was like, wow, yes, God bless everybody in the world, you know? <laughs> so that was such a good father. Yeah. Right? Like everything else I was learning about and hearing about didn't feel good. That was something that later on I could remember and be like, wow, what a joyful like little interchange between me and the Holy Spirit right there when I was a kid. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, God gives us strategies and some things like that that we don't even realize that it's Him, but thank God for right. that peace that is attached to the words that He says to us, even when we don't realize that it's Him. So I do want to ask about your purpose now, because mm-hmm. we've talked about how you know you grew up in this with the suicidal tendencies, and you overcame that on your own at first, and then that fell short, and then you would reach the top of the business world that you were achieving mm-hmm. and uh, searching for that, and then God brought you to this experience where he healed you from a lot of that. Um, And it's been 12 years since your last uh, episode. Thank the Lord for that. But what is your purpose now? And how did God reveal that to you? Um, So the Lord called me to ministry, which was really hard for me. Honestly, uh, I got a master's in international business administration, 
thought about money a lot. You know, I really saw myself defeating poverty in my life as like a number one goal for so long, but I had no idea how to do that. At one point I had made, I think like $200,000 in one year for me, that was a lot of money. That's that's a lot. I don't care who you are. That's a lot of money. (laughs) And um, I remember that year, nothing changed about my life, but it kind of revealed something to me that money isn't really the thing that gets us out of poverty. It's actually just the way that we think. Because even with that money, I was very much still in poverty Mm. and my life was in shambles. And so with that realization, I was beginning to understand that God's plan and purpose for me was more important than, you know, maybe whatever the world was saying I needed to do or, you know, just get a job and make good money wasn't enough. I I needed to like really be in connection with him. Like he's the strength of my life. Like Mm -hmm. how much affection and uh, love I have for the father actually plays out into the way I feel about myself. So those things became more and more clear and gave me, you know, soundness of mind. So I was pushing so hard against poverty, you know, that I would even go into like uh, greed and holding on and, uh, you know, mammon kind of deal. So, but God's like, just right down the middle with purpose, you know, so we're, these things would have us push so hard against one that we'd go into the other. And God's like, actually, I just want you to do purpose, you know, and like, Mm -hmm. let me speak into your life. So yeah, purpose is a a wonderful topic, you know, and so when God, when I realized God really was pulling me into ministry, that was where my favor was, you know, I just constantly saw doors opening in ministry um, that uh, were not opening in the business. I started to realize, I think this is it. Now, just recently, he's kind of brought it all back around and I'm starting to see that um, I have been coaching some small business owners and with this message about purpose, honestly, it just goes so much deeper. The book Encounters is really about receiving the supply that comes out of heaven and beginning to see it as a valuable asset in our daily lives, which, I mean, if you can hear the voice of God, if you've had a moment with God where you know that he's real and that's how I, I would define an encounter whatever that looks like for you it's it's uh, you don't have to have my encounters you have your encounters that are all yours they're not your parents they're not your your pastors they're your experience with God and when you knew you came to a conclusion that he was real those things are so powerful because they create soundness in our being. So we growing a value for that, having a wine skin to contain the wine that's coming from heaven, Mm -hmm. so to speak, is uh, just a a powerful way to bring strength into our lives. So I'm passionate about at this point, I do something called financial sozo. Sozo means save, heal, deliver. I love doing that. Um, It's a counseling session where uh, we pray with the Lord and listen for His voice. And I I teach people to hear God in their finances, Mm -hmm. which is, it's easier than everyone thinks. Everyone's just commonly like blown away. I can't believe that He was so available. And that's a real common um, reality for people that go through that experience. And so I'm also applying that to business coaching as well. So yeah, we're, well, let's we're talk about that. that and how your book Encounters mm-hmm. deals with some of those things. Yeah. So what I did was I basically went through my experience with God, which was a experience uh, with Jesus. It started with Jesus and that open vision, the kindness in His eyes, and then I had a, an experience with the Holy Spirit, uh, where you know I, I 
physically felt, uh, had a reality experience with him. And then I also had like a moment with Father God. And those three moments gave me such a foundation in who I knew God to be. And also, you know, in the book, I, I talk about how important community is and having mm-hmm. uh, teachers that you can receive from. So it's, it's not an isolated experience. Isolation is always the devil's plan kind of thing. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but having our own experience with God allows us to have confidence in our ability to communicate with God, with Jesus, with Holy Spirit, with, with Father God. And uh, if you can open up those lines of communication, then it's hard to stay in a place where you, you feel lost. You might have a moment, but uh, having a full episode, let's say, yeah. would be pretty difficult. Mm-hmm. So you said that it's easier to have God's thoughts towards finances than mm-hmm. it, than we realize. Could you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so God, he is involved in our money. You know, money, uh, where our money is, our heart follows, which is why we tithe and all that kind of stuff. Why it makes an impact on us as Christian followers of Christ, you know, is when we make that decision, I'm going to give money to my church or to a friend or to a cause. Um, we feel a connection to that that we can't just say we have until we've actually done that. So that that's tying our heart to things. And if we realize that God's a part of that process, then um, it, it puts more purpose into it, you know, and, uh, and it just being a random idea uh, is different. It feels more like I'm doing this with God on purpose. And so I, I think God wouldn't keep that from us. I mean, if, so if you think about it with, from Jesus's perspective, Jesus is a representation of who God is to all of us. Uh, so with, with Jesus, he would um, do what he saw his father doing and say what he heard his father saying. And so that experience for him is the same experience that we get to have in our finances and in our, in our lives and our marriages and so on. It can all come from him, but that's going to require us to have an open relationship with him and be able to hear and see what he's doing. Absolutely. So, you know, just like what Jesus was doing, I said, I, I do nothing unless I see the Father doing it or hear the Father telling me to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, we need to take the same approach towards everything, not just finances. And that's a, that's a really mm-hmm. good reminder uh, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, sometimes I'm like, well, I don't need to, I, we don't, I don't intentionally think this, but I do, that I don't need yeah. to get God involved with that. I can make this decision on my own. But yeah. the more we get God involved with every decision of our lives, the better it's going to be because he's got a better plan for us than, than we do. Yeah. So talking about you know, these encounters that, with the Lord that you've had, I, I heard you on another podcast or another interview talking about this encounter that you had with the Lord at a restaurant. And uh, <laughs> I would love for you to be able to kind of share that story here on along the way. This is really my favorite story. So, um, but yeah, like, uh, I mean, it, it was a, one of the most powerful experiences of my life, and I love sharing it. I basically had an orphan heart. Um, my dad, my brother committed suicide, like we talked about. And so um, the Lord took me through a healing process. Um, he actually uh, had me read a book that was for married couples. <laughs> that was the weirdest thing to me. Uh, you know, it took him a while to even break me down to even want to read it. But it was about restoring the relationship between a, a man and his wife. And mm-hmm. I realized I needed to restore the relationship between me and, and Father God. I, had, I didn't trust him. I was a big problem, you know. And so use that book, 40-day devotional, each day to kind of help me just restore and repair a relationship that had been lost between me and him. 
And, um, I mean, I, I had never known it to be fixed, but, uh, you know, that's the way God does things. He, he connected me to something. So on day like 19 or 17 or something, it says, take your spouse to dinner. That day I just kind of ate a meal and said, okay, great. Yeah, God's here, you know, and, and then moved on. The last day, the 40th day, it's 11 p.m. at night. I'm driving down the street and um, it's the first time I can remember this happened to me. I heard the audible voice of God. It was one of the most realest things I've ever experienced. It sounded like it was coming out of everywhere, not just one direction or something. I felt like it was big and bold and it should have broken the car windshield. And he really simply said, I want to eat here. And um, I looked over across the street and there's like an Asian fusion uh, Mm -hmm. restaurant. And I'm like, wow, okay. (laughs) And kind of a little afraid and like, wow, this is like a real something that's happening here i go into this asian fusion uh restaurant and i go up to the uh the counter and it's 11 p.m so the guy looks at me and he says i'm sorry but we're, we're closed and i was like what is going on i must i have completely lost my mind and right you know, right i would this think the same like, thing <laughs> yeah this is like schizophrenia or something i really felt like I, i'm this is you know and all that rejection and shame kind of came into the restaurant at once <laughs> and that was significant later but uh, you know but i go to walk away and all that's kind of happening shame and rejection i'm feeling and the guy comes back up and he says sir sir stop i you know come, come on back and i don't know if you felt sorry for me or what but and he says, go ahead and uh, you can order. I just want to, I'm going to turn the lights down low. And uh, if you don't mind, just try not to make a mess because I just cleaned in the dining room. <laughs> that was what he said to me. And I, so I, I go in and I order and, and I realize like, this is happening. I'm going to order for God right now. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Like, what do I order? You know, and it just blew my mind. And um, for whatever reason, um, I ordered a, a kid's meal. I have no idea why okay. that, that made sense to me. Um, I grabbed a, a kid's meal. I mean, I was overthinking everything. I was like, um, okay, so I need to get like a, uh, a drink for God. How am I going to do that? And I ended up getting like two straws, like we were going to share. Mm-hmm. So it's just funny looking back on it. Then I go and I sit down in this dining room. I realize that there are these really cheesy love songs on like from the seventies or something. And uh, the place is pristinely clean, like kind of shining and stuff. Mm. I don't know if you took a buffer in there or what, <laughs> you know. And so I sit down with my tray and um, I've got the two meals there. And I'm like, wow, I think God is romancing me. Hmm. <laughs> you know? I'm like, what do I do with this? Wow. It was so profound. The thing that I found out later, and it almost took me maybe six months or more to even really understand, but in looking back, I realized God didn't say anything. He didn't ask me for anything. Hmm. But there, there were multiple things going on. Shame and rejection had entered in, and I ate a meal with the Lord. So He had prepared a meal in front of my enemies. Hmm. <laughs> and okay. that whole scripture really came to life. You know, it was like, wow. And I was, I was sitting there, and I was receiving love. There was no if statement. There was no like, Josh, if you could get this sorted out in your life, then, then we could do this. Or maybe you could become a missionary for me or something. None of that was in there. So there was just this total like um, appreciation and fatherly love that was coming freely because Jesus already paid all that. But it just it was, it was hard for me to put all that together without that experience. God gave me this powerful experience so that I would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I was, I was his son. He really loved me. 
and that I could actually live from that identity. So, yeah, it was it was a very powerful experience that yeah. basically left me with a brand new heart. Wow. So I guess, uh, you know, God loves chicken nuggets, too, I guess, with the kids meal <laughs> thing. But definitely, Josh, as we're talking here, I'm noticing a bit of a theme. You talked a lot about overthinking and anxiety and battling the lies. Josh, I want to give you an opportunity to speak to somebody that is dealing with those episodes of overthinking and dealing with the lies of the enemy, and they're struggling with that. If you could speak to that and and maybe even pray for uh, people that are dealing with that at this moment. Yeah. Um, well, first things first, like, um, this may not be you. Maybe check those thoughts and um, ask questions about where they're, where they're coming from. Um, it, you know, uh, if you've got uh, stuff in your past that you just know that you've dealt with, um, forgiveness is, a, is an awesome resource that God has given to us that we can utilize to just break things off of us and ideas that we have. And um, looking, you know, I mean, just using the tools that Christianity presents to you, like taking thoughts captive and saying, hey, Jesus, I don't like this thought. Is this me? Um, those I would highly recommend exploring that to, um, to know in, um, shameless plug, but my book, it does have like little tools. Um, so if you get a hold of it, then, um, it, it takes you through, um, some sozo kind of tools that will help connect you to, uh, father God, especially if you're having trouble, like hearing his voice or mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. voice of Christ. Those things are so important as Christians, we have that right. So, um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, I mean, just in the sense, I'd, I'd love to pray for everyone. Yeah, please do. Um, prayer is powerful. So, Lord God, we, we do, we pray that that you would bless your kids and that you would go in and, and teach us uh, sonship and daughtership um, to you. We want to know you, Lord. We, we want to know you. We want to know you so close, Lord Father. And I pray that that is the reality that people are experiencing even now as they're listening to this podcast, that this could be a life-transforming um, just moment, a, a time that, that you brought them to so that they could actually have an experience with you and, um, and just have nothing in between you and them forever and ever, Lord God. Let this be a defining moment that every day from here would be completely different and they'd be able to live their life completely connected to you and that strength that that brings and the fun that it brings and the life that it brings and, and the love, Lord, feeling so loved, so seen, so valued by you, God. It, it really does change everything. It's an endless supply. Uh, unlike everything that the world is offering us, it is your, your supply never runs out. So, Lord God, I pray that, 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 we would, that people would have heavenly encounters right now that they would be taken up into your throne room that they would be able to to look at you know the defender the counselor the advocate and they and in a place that was absent of of a voice of of the accuser um that they would be able to go outside into that into that space with you and just hear your voice purely speaking to them and telling them how important and valuable they are lord um i can't make a difference like you can so i pray for that lord god speak to your children today lord god and i know that you're not short on encounters and you 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 haven't you don't have a limited supply you want each of us to have an experience where we know that you're the real god you're the real thing amen 
Amen. Amen. Thank you, Josh. Mm-hmm. I got a couple more questions for you that I got to ask. Yeah. We've been talking about these encounters with the Lord that mm-hmm. you've had. And I like to talk about, you know, the theme with this along the way podcast is that the disciples were walking on the Maus Road with Jesus, but had no clue that it was him. And I don't want to miss those opportunities in my life where the Bible says that their hearts were burning, but they didn't realize it until Jesus sat down with them at the table and he blessed the food, broke the bread, and then poof, he was gone. And they turned to each other and said, weren't our hearts burning within us along the way is who's revealing the scriptures to us. So Josh, what's a moment in your life that as you look back, you can see that Jesus was actually there. You just didn't see it at that moment. You know, one of the things is I started to realize that, like, all my life I had little tingles, like, uh, just feeling like hair standing on the, on the back of your neck. I was listening to, like, a, a song, a secular song, anything, and I would have these, like, little moments. Um, and I always thought, you know, well, those, you know, I actually dealt with atheism for, uh, for a time and um, really felt like, you know, that stuff's just chemicals. It's not mm. like it's, there's nothing real about that. You know, I'm just emotional or something. That's the way I believed about it until I had a, a moment with the Lord and um, I heard him speak, hey, Josh, those are those are me. I'm communicating with you. Hmm. And all I did was I just decided I was going to believe that about him. And as soon as I did, I, I realized that I started to see a little language begin to like he was he was actually communicating with me. He was having me pay attention to something. Or, so it was easier than I thought it was. I had made those things like uh, I tried to detach them from God's reality as if anything was, were separate. Nothing is, you know, everything's mm-hmm. spiritual. But when I decided that it maybe it was communication coming from God, it became something, you know, I mean, God rarely uses English. He uses everything. He, t- he just talks to us yeah. through all of our circumstances, everything. So, so that really gave me the ability to look back on all those times as well, like throughout my history and say, wow, God's been with me all along the way. I mean, he's just always had something going on. He was always reaching out to me. He was, he was loving on me even when I did not deserve it at all when I was doing terrible things, making bad decisions, hurting other people. He still loved me during those times. I mean, this is not something I would do. This is something that he would do. And it it is a way that he overwhelms us to the point where we can say goodbye to our sin and we don't have to like even Mm -hmm. think about it anymore because it's just such a distant desire. It's not close to us anymore. It's like, wow, I just want to be with you, Lord. Like you have everything I need. He outdoes that. You know what I mean? (laughs) He gives us something that's way more valuable to us if we're willing to to really look to him for that and it's already here very cool along those same lines josh if you could go back in the past and talk to a younger version of yourself what advice would you give yourself with the wisdom and knowledge that you have now knowing what you would have liked to have heard back at that point in your life what would you say and what's going on in your life at that point Oh, man, that's a great question. I think I would just really, I would love on myself because wanting to help myself see that there's there's value in life, that was so hard for me to mm-hmm. understand. Um, when I realized that God was actually real, it was a profound shift in the way that I understood the world. Just that whole challenge I had with Jesus immediately came in to destroy was you think that I'm a religion, you think that I'm an idea that comforts people, but I'm actually real and I want to have a a real relationship with you. Like, I want you to know who I am. I want you to laugh and cry with me and experience life 
with me. And if I could have known that when I was when I was a kid, then I know it would have kept me away from other decisions that are just so so fruitless and they actually wouldn't solve the problems that I was facing. So gosh, I wish I could go back in some ways, you know, <laughs> oh, and just, I know, I know. just tell myself, Hey, you know, God is real. God is real. He's actually real. <laughs> you know? If we could go back and save ourselves from a lot of troubles, then I would, that would be awesome to do that. But <laughs> yeah. going through those, we, we know that we are who we are today because of those experiences and to bypass okay. any of those would be a little, um, you know, yeah. it would be taking a shortcut and we wouldn't actually have the benefit of going through that. No matter how hard those situations in life are, we don't have sure. like the uh, Marty McFly thing where we can go <laughs> back in time and then back to the future. Right. But I, I like thinking about that because as we do look back, we can see that, you know, God was still walking with us all along the way. And Definitely. there's things that he has spoken to us and he's done and he's orchestrated in our lives that we didn't see in the moment. But it encourages me to know that he's there and uh, he, if he was there in the past, he's going to be there now and he's going to be there in the future. Some things that have always helped me is having a life verse, something that I can really anchor to and hold on to whenever storms in life are all around me. Josh, do you have a, a life verse like that? Yeah. Uh, mine is a uh, version specific, the new King James <laughs> version. Um, I love translations, but uh, in the new King James, it says in first Corinthians fifteen fifty four B, it says death is swallowed up in victory in all caps. And I remember that catching my, my eye and um, it just, that has always stayed with me that Christ's victory is actually the, the resource that swallows up anything that is death related or that anything that's passing away is swallowed up in that, in that victory that Christ has given us. Very cool. Well, Josh, I appreciate yeah. just being able to talk, and I'm looking forward to having you in the studio here uh, at Real Life. Whenever this episode airs, I'll be able to put a link for your interview on the Real Life program in the show notes. But awesome. I don't want to forget to give people an opportunity to, to connect with you on their own. You have your own podcast, Abundant Encounters. Yeah. Um, how do people find that, and how do people find out more information about you and your book? Yeah, Abundant Encounters is an activation podcast. It's really, um, and it's free. So definitely go and grab that. Uh, you're going to hear the word, faith comes by hearing. And then uh, we go into like a little activation for like uh, just trying to practice what we're hearing. Um, would love for people to connect with that, Abundant Encounters. Uh, and then the book, you can find it on Amazon or you can also find it on BiblesForAll.com. That's an organization that my wife and I inherited from her father. It's been around for uh, 20-something years. We work in India. And, uh, anyway, if you buy any of my books, all the proceeds go to Bibles for All. Oh, wow. So, mm -hmm. so I know Bibles for All is, it, it seems like a pretty straightforward name for a ministry. Could you just explain a little bit about what you guys do while we've got a minute? humongous vision there i was so intimidated when we first took it on yeah. i was like really like this is this feels like something that's impossible and then as soon as i said impossible the lord's like yeah you know i like doing impossible things <laughs> but yeah like it, the the dream is that we could equip like missionaries and um you know just anyone that needs bibles out there that they're planning a church and in their language and there's audio bibles that we've mm -hmm. given out we we've done a lot of work in india for the past 20 years we've helped support a, a movement there and um and we give study bibles or any kind of 
Bibles. So that, that's really our dream is to continue to just really be able to give Bibles when people have those needs is to have them available. Awesome. The Word of God is so important to our lives. Absolutely. And it does change us whenever we let the Word of God change us uh, as we read it and hear it and however God wants to get it to us and we just receive it. So Josh, thank you so much for allowing me to join you along your way. Thank you, John. I really appreciate getting this opportunity. It's awesome, man. Appreciate it. God really wants us to encounter him and he's not far off and distant, but he is close to you right now, wherever you are. Over the last few years, I've read a few books about interpreting your dreams, as well as other people's encounters with the Lord in unique ways. If I'm paying attention to it, I find that I have more, or at least I'm more aware of, and remember my dreams better when I'm reading those books. Since I was talking about God encounters with Josh, it was more fresh in my mind. Last week, I had a dream where I interacted with two guys that I know from meeting in real life, as well as one presidential candidate. In my dream, I laid hands on them and prayed specific prayers for them. Then, I went to the next place and prayed for the next person. A different, specific prayer. When I came to the politician, I prayed that he would have the mind of Christ which is honestly not what I would want to pray for him in my natural mindset. So I think that was a good indicator that this was a God-initiated dream. Before the dream ended, I had my own encounter with the Lord, and He enabled me to feel His overwhelming love for the people of the world. I could not contain it, and I felt that my heart would burst. I could feel my smile growing and my cheeks were hurting because I was smiling so big, but it didn't matter because I was feeling God's love for the world, even if it was for just a passing moment. I wish I could remember more from that dream, but I know that I could have not handled God's intense love like that in my natural body. It was powerful and there's no sensation like it that I have ever felt in a dream or in real life. God does have an intense passionate love for all of us, especially for you. He wants you to know that. If you have been dealing with depression and suicidal thoughts, you need to know that God loves you and He has a plan for your life. You have a purpose and He wants a relationship with you. Take a moment right now and let Jesus into your life whether it's for your first time or your 500th time. We all need to encounter Jesus and experience His love for us. God just wants to be with you. Might I suggest doing what Josh did? Take yourself out on a date with God? You might just experience God in a way that you haven't thought possible. If you would like to know how to get a copy of Josh's book, and how to hear his podcast, I'll be providing links in the show notes. Thank you for listening to Along the Way. If you've enjoyed joining me along my way, please share this episode with a friend who you think will be encouraged by this podcast. Also, please rate and review Along the Way on iTunes. That helps more people discover Along the Way. And subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and through my website, alongtheway.media. 
I hope that you've enjoyed this part of my journey, and may you realize when Jesus is walking with you along your way.